If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za. Staying with us. So a judge in the Pretoria High Court demanded that all white group of lawyers explain why there is not a single black lawyer among them. This was on Friday. Uh, and out of the blue, they say, Judge uh, Mota sent an email to all four advocates in a case which dealt with black economic empowerment and asking, you know, how come how come nobody here is black? On the line with us is Black uh, Lawyers Association General Secretary Chris Mamatuta, who is uh, listening into to my intro there. Thank you very much uh, for making time for us. Good evening and welcome. Uh, evening, uh, Pamelo. Uh, evening to you and your listeners. Thank you for inviting us. Mr. Mamatuncha, Mama tell me, what's your feeling of the utterances of the judge on Friday? Uh, Pamelo, we, we, we're actually not feeling anything. Uh, if there is anything that we're feeling, we're were emboldened by the remarks of 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 Mota J. He he has exactly uh, articulated the feelings that we have as members of the Black Lives Association on the ground, mm-hmm. and we support the remarks of the judge 100 percent, and we are behind him uh, because we believe that what he's raising is exactly the issues that we are engulfed with, we are engaged with at the moment as part of the transformation trajectory that we're traveling. So others, uh, obviously, as you know, in your fraternity are saying, though, this is not the kind of, uh, you know, conduct that they expect from a judge. He should not have made those utterances. Just technically for those who who don't really know, was this within the law? Is he able to make these kind of utterances or, or technically he could not have made utterances like that? In other words, he was not allowed to do that. The, the, the problem we have as the BLA is that the the, the, the debate is being is being is being conducted the other way around. Mm-hmm. It's been it's been conducted uh, on a defensive mode, as if the judge must defend himself against the remarks mm-hmm. uh, to certain people. But I am not the one to speak on conduct because there are bodies that are established to deal with conduct of either judges or practitioners at every given level. But what we are able to tell you as the BLA is that what is disappointing is the parties themselves that are involved in the matter. Mm -hmm. Because one of the parties in the matter is the Broad-Based Economic Empowerment Commission. Mm -hmm. That is an organ of state created by legislation. And one of the requirements as directed by Section 217 of the Constitution, it says when organs of state acquire goods or services, they must do that in a manner that is fair, that is equitable, competitive, and cost-effective. There's no way where we find competitiveness, uh, fairness, and equality in uh, the appointment of an all-white legal team on behalf of the of the commission. We we want to understand from the commission whether there was no availability of black lawyers mm. to be participating in that uh, in, in that in that. Uh, in that in that uh, in that matter one of the things that we must also share with you mm. Melo, is that when these judges go before the judicial services commission to be interviewed yes. for judicial positions they get asked these questions their role and their perspective and their views on transformation so judge mota has not raised anything new that no one does not know about it is a debate and as the BLA, we call that 
judicial activism. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of presiding officers that are needed in the new dispensation mm-hmm. who are able to assist in transforming the courts and, and the manner in which everything patterns are handled especially on the part of government. And, and then to your point about, you know, when they're interviewed, Judge Muta has actually quite, uh, been quite vocal about this and, and has also noted the fact that he was affiliated with BLA, so this is not new. Uh, let, let's talk about how prevalent this is. You know, as you're saying, um, this is the kind of thing that we, we should be debating anyway. It shouldn't be happening only this one time. How prevalent is this? And this has been brought uh, forward quite a number of times at government entities, you know, Entities, as you're saying, you know, broad-based Black Economic Empowerment Commission itself appoints white lawyers. How prevalent is this? It's uh, actually shocking. It's actually shocking. Uh, it's, in fact, what makes organizations such as the Black Lawyers Association to 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 not sleep at night. Because, because when you go to bodies such as the Judicial Services Commission and you want to apply to be a judge... Uh, and these interviews are public, uh, are, are public knowledge. They are, they are publicized, they are televised. All commissioners, they ask the nominees or the candidates about transformation. They ask them about complex work. What is your experience? Uh, what kind of work have you done before? They, they, they even go to the extent of making a meal out of this candidate. So we are saying that you can't perpetuate a situation where complex legal work is allocated or given to white counsel at the exclusion and to the prejudice of black lawyers. Whereas the constitution is very clear on what needs to happen to redress the injustice of the past. One of the things that must not be forgotten, because I think that there is a move to think that now we are in the promised land. We are not yet there. Mm-hmm. And we are saying as the BLA, government must be deliberate in briefing black lawyers. Black lawyers must be seen in the court. They must not be seen doing criminal work only. They must be seen in the court doing complex legal work of a commercial nature. That will expose them to proper work so that when they get ready to ascend to the bench, the bench is enriched, the bench is, 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 is filled with quality presiding officers who are going to be able to take our jurisprudence forward. That is our struggle as the BLA. And in what has happened in the matter that... Judge Mota has made a comment on. Mm. Nothing of that is coming through because what are you uh, uh, perpetuating by having an, a four team that is all white? Where, where, was, where were other races there? So if we talk about equity and fairness mm-hmm. and section 217 of the constitution and section 92 which talks about equality, we don't see either of these. So that's why we are very excited about the judge making this observation. The judge did not want to make judgment on race and whatever because the matter was not about race the matter was about what is happening with representation and so i mean this as you're saying it's it's been a long-standing thing this transformation matter is a problem when you engage then with these entities especially government what's the response that you're getting from them number one you will be told that uh, there's no one available uh, we could not get, for example, when it comes to black senior council or black things, you will be told that the black things are not available. Two, you will be told of cost effectiveness and competitiveness. You will be told uh, of exposure and experience. And we are saying, where are we going to get this experience mm. when we are not exposed? When we are not exposed? 
The economy of the profession is not in the hands of black lawyers. It's not in the hands of black people. And there are commissions like the DEE commission, there are section 217, there's a constitution of the republic that seeks to redress the injustice of the past. 30 years down the line, we can't be speaking about empowerment and transformation. There must be a time where government becomes deliberate in empowering its professionals. And that is the cry that we are making very loud and clear to say to our membership, to everybody uh, that is listening to us, to say, as the BLA, we are not going to leave any stone unturned until there's equity, there's fairness, and there's biasness towards briefing patterns, briefing bias, bias towards black lawyers and female lawyers in particular. So, so I mean, that's a bigger project. In the immediate term, what can be done to try and address this? It's more openness. We are working with the offices of the Solicitor General, uh, which is now an office that is engulfed with a, a briefing, all uh, with with with, with a, an, a engaged or or absorbed with a, ensuring that all state legal work is centralised. And we think that there must be more uh, progress. There must be more impetus in terms of the number of black lawyers that are, are being brought forward. There must be a time where we must not be told about skills, exposure. There must be a time where we must see black lawyers feeling the courts and doing complex legal work and feeling the judiciary and enriching our jurisprudence. That is what we want to see in the immediate future. And we are saying that future is today. It's not yesterday. And and do you think do you think the you know the the years that are they are taking this in doesn't sound like it to me. Pamela, uh, we 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 believe in in the government that we have because this is the government of the people mm-hmm. elected by the people. Mm-hmm. We believe that the the government of the day listens listens uh, because there are many strides that have been made in terms of transformation. But the reality that we must also appreciate is that. There's a long road to go. There's a long road to travel. There's still resistance from the past to come into the future. And that is the struggle that we're currently involved in. We're patient with it, but we're saying at some point we're losing our patience. You will also remember, Pamela, that mm-hmm. in 2017, the BNA staged a march. For the first time, lawyers in their gowns marched to the union buildings to the President of the Republic to demand fair briefing patterns. Mm. 2017. It's a many, many years later now, mm. but the struggle to transform the briefing patterns of the Republic remains the same. Mm. So we are saying that we need more engagement with government. Government must really listen to lawyers so that when we go to uh, this platform called judicial service coming, we don't get there and get embarrassed and be told and ask questions. What were you doing? What kind of work were you doing? But you were only doing divorce. What kind of a judge you are going to be? This questions must be questions of the past because we need to be given exposure by the same commissioners who ask us these questions when we go to parliament. That when we go to the Judicial Service Commission. That is the struggle uh, in, in a nutshell that the BLA is involved in. Well, I mean, it's a pity that we focus our attention on government, and we should, rightfully so, because these policies are governments, our government's policies. But actually, you know, we can say the same thing for for these private companies who, who themselves sort of turn a blind eye and pretend like they don't hear this and this is not their problem. In, in fact, that is a, a, the second layer of our problem and uh, where we want to focus and where we are focusing as the BLA, because... 
this is not about government only. Mm. It's also about the consciousness. And these private companies, private businesses, uh, feeling the soul of society. The soul of society is no longer a society of racism, of, of apartheid, of, of exclusion, of, of, of prejudice, and, and all the things that we know that apartheid represented. This is, this is a soul of a society that must reflect uh, and embody uh, uh, the future. And that future is togetherness, it's fairness, it's everyone uh, having the opportunity to practice their trade uh, without any fear or favor. But what we are seeing from the private sector is this resistance to say, but you can't do banking because you have not been exposed as a black lawyer to complex banking matters. You can't do majors and acquisitions. You can't do maritime. You can't do all these things because you are just not exposed. So, so it's a strategy that we are saying there must be partnership between government and the private sector to make sure that the skill base is broadened and everybody participates so that we are able to have a competent justice system, a justice system that is filled by men and women who are skilled and are given opportunities on a fair basis across the board. If a complaint is launched... Um, and is lodged uh, for for the utterances uh, by Judge Muta. Um, what, what steps would you take as the BLA? We're going to be the first to defend Judge Muta. He's one of our own. We are saying it without any fear or favor. We will be in the front line. We are going to to defend him. We will do that with all that we have as members of the BLA. But I must also... Uh, 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 give you comfort in that uh, the the very same uh, council who was complaining and protesting about the remarks of uh, uh, Mota J mm. uh, has been left in the leech by 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 the Pretoria uh, Bar Council or Pretoria Bar Society of Advocates that says uh, we are distancing ourselves from the remarks because. Mm. What the judge had done was to give a directive via email to say, but tell me why your team does not have an African within it. And then that senior council decided to uh, make a lot of noise and uh, attracted uh, the Pretoria Society of Advocates and other bodies uh, and said, no, but you need to come to my, my rescue. So those bodies have now distanced themselves from these remarks because on a daily basis, Pamelo, we get orders and directives from court, mm. from presiding officers, which we do not like. Mm. But we abide by them because we understand mm. the the functionality and the the, the stature of the justice system and the courts. Uh, we as uh, presiding, we, we as uh, uh, officers of the court are enjoined to protect the sanctity of the court system. Now, once we go out and say, "I'm not going to do this." It is not what we 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 are we are we are supposed to be representing to society. So we are instead saying that we think that steps must be taken against the council who refused to make an explanation to to the judge as ordered in in terms of how we are supposed to work. So so we 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 will defend, uh, but we don't think that there is a, a case. Mm-hmm. We think that the. The, the 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 uproar from from the white seniors or the white team that was involved was was just uh, baseless and unfounded and we think that uh, uh, the matter must just end there but uh, we are ready to to be in the forefront should 
should uh, they want to uh, lodge a complaint. This time around, you will see the BLA uh, defending one of its own. All right, appreciate your time there, Chris Mamatunta. He's a Black Lawyers Association General Secretary. If you missed it live, catch the broadcast on kaya959.co.za.